true, real, raw, transparent wisdom. Welcome to Transparent Wisdom, where you will find true inspiration to overcome the battles that live deep down inside you. Listen to raw and unfiltered stories of some of life's toughest moments while also enjoying some good laughs. Gain the encouragement and confidence to live the life you deserve. The following is for mature audiences only. It is not professional advice and should not be taken as such. Topics may be triggering, so listen at your own risk. And now, gifting you with her power of authentic vulnerability and transforming wisdom, your host, Becky Greenhagen. Hey, how's everybody doing? So today's episode is called Sweet Teresa. So back in the day when I was in the Navy, I had a pretty strong clique that I ran with and we were always together doing everything together. And a couple friends had gotten married just to get like military housing stipend. And they moved into apartments in the same complex to get out of the barracks. And then another friend of mine, you know, decided to get an apartment in the same complex. And I was like, man, this is cool. All of y'all are living right next door to each other. So I decided to go ahead and do the same. And I got an apartment right above my best friend. And we had great times, man. We all would just hang out together and drink and party and play cards and dominoes and dance and sing and have cookouts. And we had a good old time. And one of my buddies that lived there, he lived there with his sister and his father had moved to Texas to be closer to them. And they were social butterflies. They were always making friends with everyone in the apartment complex or wherever they went. And they had befriended a little sweet lady named Teresa and she was in her like mid to late 50s I believe and we just kind of called her our Navy mom you know she was always there with us every time we were partying she was partying with us you know she could hang she could drink like no other and she was more of a friend of my buddy's dad but we all hung out we hung out with his dad and her and you know whoever you know and older people, younger people, whatever. We were all just big, happy little community. And we were always hanging together and having a good old time. And the time came where I was getting kicked out of the military. So I had to move out of my apartment until I, you know, found more stable income and another job. And once I moved out, I moved right below my apartment into my best friend's apartment temporarily until I found something. But her term was coming up and she was getting out of the military so I knew I had to find something fast and you know I was looking and trying to save up money you know I'd gotten a job right after I got out of the military like a couple days later I started working at a bank and I needed a place fast you know well oh sweet Teresa you know she she always had this crazy drunken voice you know she's like Fuck it. Come move with me. Move into my house. I have a spare bedroom. It's just me. Come on. Come on over. Bring your cats. Let's go. I had two cats and I was like, oh, that's so sweet. So I go packed up my things and moved in with old sweet Teresa into her little house. And it was nice. You know, it was cool, comfy. You know, we got along so well and we enjoyed jamming out to music together. We'd sit in her garage. You know, she had it all set up and there's a nice little kick it area, you know, you just listen to music, sing songs, drink, hang out. 
but I always had to be into work by 7 a.m. And this lady was still wanting to party 3, 4 in the morning, you know. She'd be yelling, Becky, get out here. Come drink with me. Come on, let's party. I'm like, I have to get up and go to work in a couple hours. Like, leave me alone. She'd come into my bedroom. She'd be shaking me. Get out. Give me give me a dollar. Give me two dollars. I need to go get a beer. Give me, come on, come on. And I'm just like, lady. So we'd get in some arguments here and there because she just had no boundaries. She just wanted to party and drink all the time. But she was the sweetest thing. Everybody always wanted to be around her. She always, you know, she was older, but it was me and my younger buddies. We we're all in our early 20s. We were always at her house, hanging out, cooking out, having a good old time. Well, then I eventually moved out of her house, but I still went and visited her frequently and would go hang out and have cookouts and drink or whatever. Well, she was planning a cookout and I was planning to go over to her house after work to join her and her son and daughter, whoever else was going to go over there, my Navy buddies, whoever, you know. And while I was at work, I had gotten a call from her daughter and I thought, you know, she was just going to be like, hey, when are you coming through or whatever. But that wasn't the call. The call was, she, we called her mom, you know, it's her mom. The mom's in the hospital. You should get here fast. She's probably not going to make it. And I'm like, what? I just saw her a couple of days ago. And then she's having a barbecue tonight. And she was like, yeah, she said her son, you know, she had called her son. And, you know, was super excited and was like, get over here, the, the grill's hot and, you know, I'm ready to throw this meat on the barbecue, get over here, let's party, and told her son to hurry up and get over there. And I think it wasn't maybe, maybe 30 minutes, max an hour before her son got there after this phone call. And she's usually outside, so she wasn't outside, so he's like, oh, maybe she's inside prepping the food or something. So he goes inside, hey mom, and nowhere to be found and he's like where is she so he starts you know calling out her name mom mom and looking for her around the house where are you what are you doing look to go see nobody's in the bathroom looking around and he finally goes by her bedroom and he sees her laying there on her bed and she looks at him and he says that she couldn't speak and she was just kind of motioning his hands like to come here and was mouthing like water water and he said that when he looked at her, she looked pretty pale and she had uh, just like a couple blue like vein lines going through her head. And he was like, I'm going to call the ambulance. And he said she was shaking her head. No, no, no. You know, she hated the hospitals, hated doctors. He, she, she was telling him no, but she couldn't speak. And he's like, well, what happened? What's wrong? What's wrong? And he, she couldn't tell him anything. She just kept asking for water. So he's thinking maybe she can't breathe or, you know, something not right. So he went ahead and called the ambulance anyways, you know, because this was, wasn't normal. He had just been on the phone with her. She was super hyper excited like usual. You know, she's always run, jump on your back and play and whatever. So he's like, this ain't right. This isn't like my mom, you know. So the ambulance come and he follows the ambulance to the hospital. And it's only about a 10 minute drive. And mind you, when he said, you know, he saw her, when they put her in the ambulance, she was kind of pale and had like two blue blue vein lines through her head. But he said when they pulled her out of the back of the ambulance about a 10 minute drive later, she was unrecognizable. He said he just was like, what is going on? He said her whole body had turned to almost completely dark purple, almost on the verge of like a black. And her eyes were just like bulging and so bloodshot red 
and he just started freaking out. It was like, what's happening? What's happening? What is going on? What what's what did you do? What's going on? You know, and they're like, we don't know. They're trying to rush her into the hospital. Everything's chaotic. So, you know, once I get the call at work, you know, that she's there, they don't know what's happening. She doesn't look good. Like, get here fast. You know, I left work immediately, went to the hospital. But before I went in, you know, the daughter, you know, she had been crying stuff. She's like, we don't know what's happening. The doctors don't know what's happening. But she doesn't look good. Like, be prepared. Like, she's blue and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, I've seen a lot of stuff before. You know, I'll be fine. But you guys, man, when I walked in that hospital room and saw her laying in that bed when I looked at her like no joke you guys this woman that I just seen a couple days ago that you know I knew so well and she was so vibrant and just so full of life I look at her and it was no joke like something out of the most horrific like zombie movie I'd never seen anything like this on a human being before you know it was just like whoa her eyes were like almost popping out of her head they were so big and swollen and almost on the verge of looking like just blood was going to just start oozing out of them they were just so dark red and there's no white in them and her face was swollen and she was just completely like dark purple and it was just like what and her tongue was sticking out of her mouth and it was just like what is going on and it all happened in a matter of minutes you know and her son was appointed as her medical you know authority making decisions and I think he was only like 22 maybe 21 22 or something and he's like I don't know what to do I don't know what to do and they were like well we don't really know what's causing this you know and they start running these tests and the next thing you know all these other doctors are coming in and scientists are coming in and all this stuff because what was happening to her body had never been seen before everybody just kept saying they had never seen anything like this that it was so bizarre and so many weird reactions so quickly were happening in her body they didn't know what was going on and we didn't know we're not doctor we're like what is happening you know she was just so vibrant and alive you know an hour or two ago and now she's like this like what's happening and they just keep pulling us in these short little meetings saying that they want to do these studies and these tests and they don't know and then another doctor saying you know she's probably not gonna make it that she's a vegetable and her brain waves are down and you know I go in there and I'm trying to like interact with her and they were like no she's you know she doesn't hear you she's has no brain activity she's a vegetable you know she's no I'm just like what and you know they're explaining the brain waves and they're extremely low you know they're almost completely nothing there but then when I would whisper, talk to her, her brain waves would shoot way up. And they were like, I'm like, what is happening? Look, look, look. And they're like, oh, that's probably just nerves. Like that, no, she doesn't have that. That's not a real activity. But she would move her eyes. And when I'd ask her to squeeze my hand, I'd see her fingers trying to move. And her eyes would move to whatever direction. She heard one of us talking. and But they were saying, no, those are just her body. It's just you know her nerves or whatever happening that she doesn't have a clue what's going on she's completely unaware and whatnot and we kept arguing like no she does know she's responding to us and I even had some like voice recordings of her on my phone we would always play around and make silly things and I was like watch and you know I was like Teresa listen listen you remember this and 
I'd play these voice recordings and she would start moving and, you know, kind of moaning a little and her eyes would move. And I'm like, tell me she's not responding. And they just would not acknowledge it. They're just like, no, that can't be. And what I'm like, then why was she calm before I did that? And now, and we were just arguing back and forth because they kept telling us she's gone. Like you might as well like let her off life support. There's nothing we can really do blah 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 and we're like well what is wrong with her like what is happening what's this thing going on in her body like what's in there like we don't really know and then a little bit while later they told us that she had pneumonia and like the fluid that come out of her lungs and what they're thinking is that a lot of her other organs were damaged and poisoned from the alcohol and drug use or whatever she had had going on throughout her life and that all of her organs were just kind of like uh, poisoned and the poison was oozing out of different organs and they were all mixing and causing all these crazy reactions in her body at a fast rate but we were like what and they really didn't know but like well I'm holding her hand and rubbing her head and looking at her you know like I said her tongue was out well I look at her tongue and now all of a sudden her tongue looked almost like like a black rock like it was like a burnt piece of charcoal and I'm just like, what is happening? Look at her tongue. Why is her tongue turning black? And I touched it and it was just so hard. Like, I'm like, what is this? And I look closer and it was like this wet, like almost like a moss or mold on her tongue. And I grabbed a tissue and I was wiping it and I could wipe it off. But her tongue was still very dark. But this, this like growth on her tongue. And I'm just like, what is this stuff? I'm looking at the tissue, like so confused. Like, this is bizarre what is this and they're like we don't know we've never seen that before we don't know what's happening or whatever and within like i'd say five minutes or so this stuff starts growing back on her tongue and we are all just freaking out like we have never what nobody has seen anything like this they don't have a clue what's going on and they start talking about well you need to make some decisions fast like what are you guys gonna do and her son's like i don't know what to do and we were saying like if you can save her like what is her life gonna be like and they were like no she's pretty much not gonna be able to walk talk understand anything she's just kind of be in a wheelchair and whatever and we we're like well that's not the life she's gonna want to live like she's such a firecracker she's so wild and spunky and likes to run and swim and dance and jump around you know this isn't she'd be really angry if that's what she, her life became you know so while we're in the room discussing this she starts reacting again and her eyes are open and i mean it's almost like you can see like a fear in her you know they were just telling us no she can't hear you she doesn't know what's happening or like then why when we talk about certain things or this or that why is that the only time she's responding you know and they just kept brushing us off so we're getting so frustrated and we finally were just like let's just talk to her and tell her like explain to her and hope that she can understand that this is the decision we're gonna make and we think it's best for her and to just let her go you know because she she had written poems and one of them was used at her funeral you know she'd always talked about she's ready to go she's ready to go just because life was just so such a struggle and stuff so we're standing there and we said okay we decided we're, we're gonna let her go but give us a moment to talk with her and they kept trying to say well that's not necessary you know she can't hear you and whatever. And we're like, just, can you just give us a minute, please? Like, leave us alone. So I put my arm up under her head 
and her son was next to me and had her hands and her daughter had her legs and we're just kind of trying to comfort her and I'm talking to her and I'm you know telling her you know we're we're, we're gonna let you go you know we want you to we don't want you to suffer anymore and she starts responding again you know we get a little moan her eyes are moving and it was like you know, you tell her you don't need to worry about us she always worried about everybody we're like we are okay like we will be fine it's not your job to worry about us anymore your job is to let yourself be free and go have that rest you always speak of and it's, it's time we're okay you're gonna be okay and after we all told her like we promise we'll be okay you don't need to be scared anymore we sense like like a, a calmness about her like she was chill you know she wasn't her eyes weren't moving much she wasn't like grunting go doing anything and she seemed calm about it and we we're just holding her and we're like we're right here we're holding you we're gonna be right here don't be scared it's your time to go and you know we told the doctor they could go ahead and come in and you know I held her and rubbed her face and then you know still had her head in my arms and we you know said okay and we just told her we love her don't be scared and they turned off the machine and you know it's like I believe it's like it's like almost like two more breaths but that second one was you could just feel the release of life from her and I just remember holding her in my arms and just feeling that that departure almost you know it was so intense and I sat with her you know after they had unplugged everything and got her into a room for family to come and see her body you know I sat in there for a while and just talked to her and you know it's just I'll never forget you know that whole process and just how fragile life is you know and I I'd lost before that you know I'd been around death and it was nothing new to me but holding someone well you know that you knew so well that took their last breath and had to comfort them in that and make that decision with the family you know and it was it was just really intense you know and I don't know I just want people to realize how fragile life is and don't take the bond you have with people for granted you know so many people get so busy and caught up and chasing all these material things or spending time partying or doing things that aren't really that important and then you know a lot of people always have regrets when somebody does suddenly pass I wish I could have would have do this or I should have done that or I could have said this or whatnot you know and I always try you know we all come short but I always try to make sure that my last moments or memories with someone aren't ones that I'll regret you know I never try to leave with tension between anyone or never have any ill words with people you know just in case because you never know you know a lot of people pass on and you know it's a peace to have within yourself knowing that you know your last memories or the last memories that they would have of you were good ones so keep that in mind you know life is so fragile please just be more mindful and aware of how you treat people friends your loved ones co-workers whoever you're around because you really never know and try to try to be more conscious conscious of what you're instilling and leaving behind in your um, interactions with people you never know what your words can mean or what that hug or that smile or that compliment or something could mean to someone 
you know? So that was a story, it's a little sad one, but I just really wanted to share that with you, you know, it was a very intense moment in my life, but it really, even more so, you know, intense, made the intensity of how precious life is within me and to appreciate it more and to love people and be more gentle and loving and compassionate towards other humans. So please keep that in mind. Go love your loved ones. Tell them you love them. Don't ever leave ill vibes and bad tension between people, all right? Thank you. If you have any stories you want to share, please hit me up on Transparent Wisdom, Becky Greenhagen on Facebook. Leave me a message there. I'd love to have you on for an interview or just to share some type of experience or story that you've had and help me inspire the world and get people to talk and open up about their experiences. I really feel like this is a very, very strong way to overcome and heal and get some ickiness out, you know? I think that that's what's destroying the world. Everybody's trying to be strong and hold everything in to themselves because people are too busy to listen or to hear about it. But sharing your stories and being heard by others and just getting it out is very, very powerful. So don't hesitate to hit me up on Facebook, Transparent Wisdom, Becky Greenhagen. And tune in next week for another episode of Transparent Wisdom. Thank you and goodbye.